Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, this is Miranda Wright, and this is day 20 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. Today's prayer is going to be for humility. Yesterday we talked about how the Bible says that God giveth more grace unto the humble. And we explained that God's grace, according to biblical definition, is his favor, his power, and his divine influence. And if we want to increase in God's favor... And who doesn't want that? And if we want to increase in God's power, and if we want to increase in divine influence, in that clear influence leading and direction of the Holy Spirit, then the only biblical way to do so is by increasing in humility. So today we're going to look at biblical ways to humble thyself and then pray for the strength to do so. In our prayers yesterday about fasting, we talked about the scripture where it says, That David humbled his soul with fasting. And so to understand why humbling ourselves is so important and effective, we have to understand what the soul is. You see, biblically, God is a triune being. It is the Father, it is the Son, and it is the Holy Spirit. Three separate individuals, yet all working together to accomplish one thing in complete unity. Well, man was created in the likeness of God. Therefore, man also, according to scripture, is a triune being. He is a body, a soul, and a spirit all working together. The body, the physical body, that's that's the mechanical part of us that we can touch that part that was made from the dust of the earth. And then there is the spirit that is the breath that came from God himself that was breathed into us. That spirit is embodied in our character like when we talk about the spirit of Elijah it is the character of a true prophet or even sometimes in scripture when it talks about the spirit of Jezebel those who operate in the same character and spirit as the old testament false prophet Jezebel and then we have a soul which is the mind the will and the emotion it's that part of us that says I want I think I feel Now, in the beginning, it says that God formed man from the dust of the earth, and then he breathed his spirit into him. And when spirit touched flesh, it says man became a living soul. And so the soul is the thing that bridges between the spirit and the flesh. Therefore, every person has a war. There is a battle going on over the control of the soul. Rather or not, you are led by your flesh or by your spirit will determine what rules your soul, and your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. Therefore, it is very important, according to Scripture, to choose to humble your soul, humble your mind, what you think, and surrender it unto what God says. You surrender your mind, you walk in righteousness, because you give up what you think is right for what God says is right. When you give up your will, you say, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And when you surrender your feelings, then you learn to walk in faith. Because no matter what it feels like, you're going to believe what God has spoken. 
Paul said that we must bring ourselves into submission, that we not be led by the flesh, but led by the spirit, by humbling our soul, putting it in subjection, crucifying the flesh, that as our flesh be weakened, our spirit be strengthened. And this we understand that faith, grace, and works all work together, a triune victory over the enemy. Because if God is three parts and we are created in his image and we are three parts also, then all three parts are sanctified through the process of faith, grace, and works. We have to choose by faith with our soul, our mind, our will, and emotion, stepping out in faith that we might receive a new spirit, that spirit of the living God, who then gives us the power, the favor, and the divine influence, which is grace which then empowers our physical body to do the works. Therefore, faith is for the soul, grace is for the spirit, and works are for the body. All three working together in unison. You cannot have one without the other. And it all has to begin with faith because we have to humble our soul. This is why the Bible talks about three baptisms, but yet says there is one because they are all three parts of the same baptism because it is all baptizing one whole being that has three parts. We are baptized by the blood of Jesus. It says we are washed and cleansed. Well, that's because the scripture says that the soul is in the blood. So our soul is baptized by Jesus's soul, his blood. His blood was poured out to save our soul from hell, a soul. For a soul, he paid the price because it was our soul that sinned against God. It was our mind, our will, and our emotion. Our mind that said, it makes sense to eat this fruit because of what the serpent has said to me. It was our will that said, I want to eat the fruit because it looks pleasing to my flesh. And it was our emotion that said, yes, this is good. I want to be like God. The soul sinned against God, and therefore the soul was cursed unto death. And that's why the Bible says that only blood could atone for sin, because it also says that the nefesh, the soul, resides in the blood. Therefore, a blood sacrifice or a soul sacrifice was the only sacrifice that was able to atone for sin, because it was a soul for a soul. We're getting a little deep here, I know, but I want you to understand That what we're going to talk about is not legalism, but it has a reason and a basis in scripture why God says to humble thyself. So we are baptized by the blood of Jesus to cleanse our soul and save our soul from hell. And we are baptized by fire to receive the Holy Spirit because that is the baptism of our spirit. God said, I will take away your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you. When we are baptized by fire, we receive the Holy Spirit. That is the baptism for our spirit. And then when we are washed in the water, when we do that water baptism, it is a cleansing for the physical body. Three baptisms, but they are but one because we are but one being. Water for our body. Jesus his blood for our soul and the fire for our spirit three baptisms yet they are but one because we are three parts yet we are but one because we were created in the likeness of God who is three parts but he is one because when we understand this we can truly understand how grace faith and works all work together 
to make us who God truly wants us to be. And when we understand this, we can also understand the importance of the soul and how it can either aid or hinder what it is that God wants us to be. And so we can then understand why God says, humble thyself, humble your soul. God said, if my people will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways and pray, then I will hear from heaven and will heal their land. If you will humble yourself, many times that represented fasting. So he said, if you will fast and pray, but also seeking his face is a humbling because it recognizes that we need to seek him, his will, his wisdom. We have to lay down our will, our thoughts and our feelings and seek his because his are better, his are right. We need to get into right standing with him that we need to repent. These are all forms of humbling our soul, putting our soul in submission that we may truly be led by the spirit and not by the flesh. We all want more grace because grace is God's power, his favor and his divine influence. But in actuality, grace is the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus's sacrifice and his blood cleansing our soul allows us to receive the very spirit of God, which brings us back into sonship that we might walk with him again in communion, just like we did in the beginning, the way he always designed it and wanted it to be. We need the power of the Holy Spirit within our lives. And that is grace. But the spirit is hindered by the soul when the soul is controlled by the flesh. The Bible says that the soul is the part of you that is so easily influenced by the enemy. And that when we think in the mindset of I want, I feel, and I think that those things are soulish or devilish. And so this is what has to be brought into subjection, according to Paul. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way that we were tempted. Well, he was tempted in three ways. The three areas that he was tempted in are the same three areas that you will be tempted in. He was tempted with food. He was tempted by pride and he was tempted by power. The flesh, the emotions, and the will. The soul tends towards the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. In these three areas lie every sin, the lust of the eye, what I want, the lust of the flesh, what I feel, the pride of life, what I think. In these three things will lie every temptation we will ever face. And when we can bring the soul into submission, into subjection, when we can discipline it, we will more easily be able to be led by the spirit. And here's the thing, God lays this responsibility upon us because he says over and over and over in scripture, humble thyself. He lays the responsibility upon us. We have to choose to humble ourselves by faith. We have to choose to walk in the action that he lays out in scripture that humble the soul. Then he will give us the grace, the power of the spirit will come forth. It is there, it is available, but it is released by faith when we choose to humble ourselves. You see, salvation comes not so much by what you do, but what you don't do, by what you surrender, by what you give up, by what you crucify, by faith. You lay it all down. That's why Jesus said that you must be willing to pick up your cross and follow after him. That you must be willing to lose your life. Actually, that word life translates to soul. You must be willing to lose your soul that you might gain it. In other words, you must be willing to lose your own will 
your own logic, your own desires. You must be willing to give up your will here that you might gain everything in eternity. But if you try to hold on to everything that you think you want and you feel right now, you're going to lose it all in the end because in hell, nobody's going to get what they want, what they thought or what they feel like. God has made a way of escape and that way is the cross. It is Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. It is surrender to the leading of his spirit by the humbling of our will, our soul. Jesus went into the wilderness, it says, led by the spirit to be tempted, to be tried, to be tested. He was tested in every area that we are tested in the mind in the will and in the emotion. And not until he had put his flesh into subjection by resisting all three areas does the Bible say that he came out of that wilderness in the power of the Spirit. You want to move in the power of the Spirit? Then you've got to put the flesh into subjection and you do it by humbling your soul. The first area that this is done in in scripture is in fasting. And the devil knows that if he can make you fail in fasting, he doesn't have to go any further than that. Because the Bible says that the wicked are ruled by their belly. And that a man that does not have control over his own spirit is like a city without walls. He is without guard and the enemy can rush in and overtake. If we want to walk in the full power of the Holy Spirit, then we have to learn how to humble ourselves. It's a choice we all have to make because when the spirit wins the battle over the soul, then you are led by the spirit. And the Bible says that all those who are led by my spirit or my sons and daughters, it says as many as have overcome will be seated with Christ in heavenly places. Overcoming is the overcoming of the flesh through the humbling of the soul, surrendering the will to God's. It says that as many as have crucified the flesh will walk in the leading of the spirit. And then if you're led by the spirit, then you are the sons and daughters of God. You see how it all comes back to making that conscious decision to humble your spirit and put it in subjection, surrender to the will of God. Because when the flesh wins the battle, you are led by the flesh. The battle is over your soul. And if God gives more grace to the humble then we've got to learn how to humble thy soul. It's important to know that God says, humble thyself, and God will never do for us what he has told us to do for ourselves. So in this life, God will never humble you. He will never force you to be made humble. We can ask God, humble me, and in his great mercy, he may do his part, but his part is not to humble you. His part is to humiliate you and allow you the opportunity to choose to humble yourself. But in every circumstance and situation that he may humiliate you, you still have the choice to either humble or harden. Many choose to stand in pride and be led by their flesh and harden in a situation that is humiliating. But we can choose to humble ourselves in those hard situations and grow in grace. The Bible says that we can grow in grace, that we each have a different measure of grace, which is favor, power, and divine influence. We want to grow in grace, then we have to learn how to humble ourselves. God humbled himself and came to earth, it says, and suffered the shame of the cross. He was born in a barn. He was despised and rejected. He worked in the lowliest. He lived among the lowly. He walked the street. 
as a man who was not even pleasant to look upon according to the scriptures. He came to demonstrate, to be the example of humility for us. God will in mercy provide opportunity for us to humble ourselves. But the choice is always ours to make, to humble or to harden. It would be easier for you to just choose to humble yourself without being helped by the humiliation that comes when we ask him to help us. Not that he wants to humiliate us, but he does want us humbled. So he will do what he needs to to provide the opportunity for us to humble ourselves and we won't like it. Our flesh won't like it. It crucifies the flesh. It works against the flesh. It's all about coming into submission and subjection and learning that the physical things of this life in this world really don't matter. What matters is the spirit. What matters is your soul. Disciplining it just as we would any child. The soul is childish. When a child is being childish, what are they being? They're being selfish. And you can replace the word soulish with selfish and it will apply. But you know what? I would rather be humiliated if that's what it takes in order to bring me to a place where I have learned to humble my soul that I might receive more grace and walk in the true power of my God. Because the reality is is that every soul will be humbled one day. While God will not humble the man while he lives, the man who refuses to humble himself will be humbled by hell when he dies. Because in hell the soul is destroyed. We read the passage where Jesus said not to fear man who can destroy the body, but to fear God who can destroy the body and the soul in hell. Yet we know that the spirit of man is eternal. So we wonder what is he talking about? Because he also said that hell is the place where you cannot die and it is torment forever. So why is he talking about the soul being destroyed? Because we forget that the soul and the spirit are two different things. The spirit lives forever and it will forever be in torment in hell. But the soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. And that will definitely be destroyed in hell. You will have no will. There is no hope. There is no escape. There is no more choice. There's no more free will in hell. You are bound forever. This is why Jesus came to save our soul from hell. He poured out his blood that he might save our soul. We must give up our will, our life here that we might save it forever in eternity. Dear hearts, hell is not a place that we want to end up. And that is not the humbling that you want to face. So choose to humble yourself now. When the disciples asked who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, whoever will humble himself as this little child, theirs shall be the kingdom of heaven. Everything that God was teaching, directing, and ministering to us in Christ's earthly ministry was a lesson in humility. James 4.10 says, humble thyself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. We ought not ever to seek to lift ourselves up, to promote ourselves to feed our flesh, our pride, our mind, our will, our emotion, the things we want, the things we think, the things we feel. We should always choose to humble ourselves and let God elevate us when he sees fit to walk in his wisdom and not our own. In 1 Peter 5, chapter 5, it says, Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, 
but giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourself. Therefore, humble yourself, your responsibility. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. In other words, be mindful and be watchful and be wise and understand that the devil is seeking to destroy you and he is cunning and he will do it through your own pride. He will do it through your own logic and he will do it through your own lust. That is your mind, your will and your emotions. The devil is out to destroy your soul. Yet when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he will lift us up in due time. Therefore, we must humble ourselves as little children, understanding that there is someone greater, bigger, smarter, more powerful, who is looking out for us if we will just trust. So understanding the importance of humbling ourselves and how it helps us to grow in grace, how it actually brings us more power because it causes us to more clearly and directly be led of the spirit and to crucify the flesh, then we must ask ourselves, what are ways that we can humble ourselves? Because who doesn't want to grow in grace? Who does not want to walk in greater favor with God? Who doesn't want to have more power from the Holy Spirit? Who doesn't want to be more clearly and directly influenced by the leading of that spirit? That is the essence of grace. And if we want more grace, we have to humble ourselves. So how do we do that? The Bible says very clearly, and we talked about this yesterday in our prayer for fasting, that fasting is the first way. The devil's first temptation against Adam and Eve was one of food. Here, eat this. His first temptation against Jesus in the wilderness was of food. Here, eat this. It was turn that stone into bread. Eat this. The devil knows that if you have no control over your flesh, over your own body, that he needs to go no farther. Because the Bible says, talking about the wicked, that, that their God is their belly. They are controlled by the lust of the flesh. What I want. I want that food. I feel like I deserve it. I think I need it. There is no control at all over the soul for a person who cannot fast. It is the quickest, most direct, and simplest way to humble thy soul. Which is why David said, I humbled my soul with fasting. And Daniel said the same thing. See, this is a very important part that we don't recognize. When we talk about that battle that was waged in the heavenlies when Daniel fasted his 21 days and the angels were fighting over Persia against the powers and principalities that were hindering them and Daniel's prayer and fasting aided in that warfare. And we understand how powerful that is. What we don't realize is that what it says in Daniel 10, 12 about that event. Then said he, the angel, unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to humble thyself before God, thy words were heard, and I came for thy words. This angel was telling Daniel that from the first day that he chose to pray and fast, but he, just, but he chooses to describe his fast as humble thyself. From that moment, God dispatched me with the answer. And then he continues to tell him, but I was held up over Persia and there was a war and there was a battle and I had to break through for the 21 days. 
But it's interesting that the angel describes Daniel's fasting as when you set your heart to humble yourself immediately, God sent me with the answer. In other words, when you set yourself to fast, God said, go, he means it. In the life of King Ahab, judgment was decreed upon Ahab through the word of the prophet. But it says that he humbled himself with prayer and with fasting. And it stayed the judgment for a time. God honored his humbling that came by way of prayer and fasting. In the scriptural story of Nineveh, the entire city of Nineveh was facing sure judgment. Yet they humbled themselves with prayer and fasting before God. And it stayed the judgment of God for that generation. Humbling ourselves releases the grace of God. Therefore, fasting is the quickest and fastest way to humble ourselves and to discipline ourselves, to train ourselves, to be submitted to the leading of the Holy Spirit and to tell the flesh no. Repentance is a form of humbling ourselves when we choose by faith to turn away from those things which are displeasing unto the Lord. Repentance is Saying, God, I'm not going to trust what I think anymore. I'm going to trust what you say. God, I'm not going to walk in my own will anymore. I'm going to walk in yours. God, I'm not going to trust what I feel, what I want, my lust, my flesh. I turn away from all of those things and I walk by the leading of your spirit. I choose to turn away from being led by the flesh, by the enemy. And I choose to be led by your spirit. I turn to you. That is repentance and it is a humbling and it is a time when you must choose to humble yourself confession is a form of humbling because it's very hard to be haughty against someone else's faults while you're acknowledging your own and this is very good to do we must always confess our sins and our faults unto God we must believe with our heart and confess with our mouth we must confess who God is because that is quite humbling. We must confess what we have done wrong. Our sins confess them before God and repent of them. And sometimes if the spirit of God leads you, it is humbling and good to confess even unto others. Just make sure it's someone who is truly filled with the Holy Spirit and that you trust who will not then turn around and spread your business. Spouses, it's good to confess one to another. The Bible says that we should confess one to another that we might be able to pray for each other. It's humbling to go and tell a friend or a spouse or a prayer partner, I'm struggling with this, but that confession allows to then help you in prayer because the Bible says that where two or three are gathered in his name, he is in the midst and that if they will ask anything in accordance with his will, he will hear and he will answer that prayer. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. So it's good for the body to come together and pray for each other, but they can't do that unless you're willing to humble yourself and confess and admit that there's something that you need prayer for. Forgiveness is a form of humbling your soul because you don't want to forgive that person that did something wrong to you. But the Bible says that we must, that we have to. In fact, Jesus said that if you will not forgive others of their trespasses, then God will not forgive you of yours. This is why in the pattern prayer of the Our Father, it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. We are required by scripture to forgive and it is so serious and severe that God says that even once he has forgiven us and washed us and put away our debt, 
and made us new that if we then choose to hold a grudge against somebody else and not show them the same mercy that God has shown us, that he will then cast us away. It will cost you your very salvation, even once that you have had it, if you choose not to forgive. You must humble your soul and forgive. You must love all men. You must be willing to even die for them. We must bless those who have persecuted us. We must pray for those who hated us. In fact, in the Psalms, David was talking about people who had hunted him and hated him and slandered him. And he's explaining how grievously these people had treated him and how much of an enemy they had made themselves to him. And yet he says, but when they were sick, I humbled my soul with fasting. In other words, he humbled himself and he humbled his flesh and he put on sackcloth and ashes and he prayed and fasted for them, even though they had set themselves against him. They were his enemy. They were his persecutor. And yet he humbled himself to pray and to fast for them. We are to bless those that curse us. We are to bless and not curse. Another way to humble ourselves is to serve others. And in actuality, everything that I'm telling you are required for a Christian life. Every Christian should be walking in every area of these humilities because God came to be an example of humility, to show us the way. That's why he says, pick up your cross and follow after me. Follow my example as I crucify the flesh, as I humble myself even unto the cross. We should always seek to serve God said that the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of them all. Therefore, should we ever seek to humble ourselves by serving others? The Bible says that we should submit to authorities. This is a humbling because it says to submit to all authorities to the best of our ability. Now, the Bible does give scripture for peaceful resistance. Because the Bible says there will come a time when the authorities will try to make us receive the mark of the beast and renounce Christ. In those areas, we peacefully resist. We refuse to say and do those things which are displeasing unto God. But the Bible does not give any validation for a New Testament Christian to revolt, riot, or take any act of violence against anyone, especially those in authority. The Bible says we are to live peaceably with all men where possible and we are to submit to authorities when possible. In fact, it says specifically, do not be as those who riot in the streets, but be an example of humility, of peace, of love. Be a reflection of Christ. He didn't lead revolts. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. To demonstrate true love, true sacrifice, and true humility. One of the greatest ways that we humble ourselves is to choose the lowest seat. I recommend that everybody go and read Jesus' words about choosing the lowest seat and let it become a motto for your life. Because the culture tells us to fight for the top to climb the ladder, and to step on as many people as we need to on the way to get as high as we can, to get fame, to get attention, to get notoriety, to gain our elevated pulpit, to get on the stage. But Jesus said it ought not be so. Jesus said that the Pharisees did these things, that the Pharisees loved to be seen of men, that they loved to have the best seat 
at parties, that they loved to be seen as being somebody, that they wanted to be at the head, they wanted to be on the stage. And when there was a banquet, they would come and they would take the highest seat. But Jesus said, we should never take the highest seat. We should always choose the lowest seat. Because if we choose the lowest seat, then the master can come in and exalt us. He can say, no, come up higher and then we will be glorified. But if we choose the high seat and the master comes in and says, no, you do not deserve this. And he kicks us out and pushes us to a lower seat, then that will humiliate us, which will then allow us the opportunity to be either humbled or hardened. We can rise up in pride or we can submit to authority. But it would still be better that we not put ourselves in the position to be humiliated by being cast down. It would be better to choose the lowest seat and wait for God himself to exalt you in due time. I can honestly say that in all of my life in ministry, I have always sought to seek the lowest seat. And every opportunity that has ever come has come miraculously by the hand of God without any question because he has always positioned He will position those whom he commissions. The Bible says not he who validates himself is commended, but he who God validates is commended by God. A very common and scriptural way that we can humble ourselves is to wait on God. We are meant to wait on God. He is not meant to wait on us. We are meant to serve God. He is not meant to serve us. We have to humble ourselves and come to that realization and be willing to wait on God. We need to come to God in that place of prayer and be willing to show reverence by waiting until he shows up to hear from him, to be led by him, to be taught by him. And even in the greater stories of our life and the things that we pray and ask for, we need to have the humility to wait on the Lord and not walk in the pride of our flesh that says, okay, I'm just going to take matters into my own hand because I can do it. We need to wait on the Lord and that requires us to humble our soul, what we think, what we want, and what we feel, and wait on the Lord. The Bible says that we ought to love those who persecute us. This takes humility. We have to pray blessings for those who curse us. Another way to humble ourselves is by exalting God, by praising God. You cannot acknowledge who God is and what he has done without being humbled by it. When we praise, when we express the grandness that is God, when we glorify all that he is, when we recognize that he has created all things, the heavens, the earth, all that ever was and all that ever will be was formed by his hand and his majesty, it is humbling. The Bible says that raising our hands in worship honors God. So a form of humbling can be to raise our hands in worship or to bow down, to change our posture, to recognize the reality that he is real and he is present and he deserves a response and a reaction to his presence. Now, just like fasting, praising and raising of hands and all of these things can actually become a pride because it can be fake. It can be a show. It can be done for attention, in which case God says that that alone is your reward and he will give you no reward for it. But for many that don't feel like to raise their hands, but yet they do in reverence to the king to honor the king or don't feel like going and bowing down in front of others. Those people that aren't seeking attention, but are doing it out of humility and obedience or recognition or reverence for the king. It is a humbling of our souls and it is pleasing unto the Lord.
kneeling down, bowing down, or going to the altar. These are all humblings because we are publicly showing our reverence for the Lord. We are publicly showing our submission unto the will of the Father. Of course, obedience is a humbling. It requires humility to walk in obedience to the word and will of God because what God says will very often contradict what we think, what we feel, and what we want. But yet when we choose to humble ourselves, we will be able to walk in obedience. We must be teachable. This is why the scripture constantly says, seek the Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all the things that our flesh needs will be added unto us in due time. Those who will humble themselves and seek me and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. He won't even hear our prayers until we're willing to humble ourselves before him, to seek his face, to recognize that we have to seek him because our will, our logic, and our emotions will lead us astray. They will fail. They will be led of the flesh of which no good thing can come, but only by the leading of the spirit can all good things be given unto us. Therefore, we must humble our soul and seek the spirit of the Lord for what he says is right, for his will, for his desire, and surrender our own. We must be correctable. We must be directable. We must seek God daily for correction and direction and instruction. We must humble our soul so that we can be led by the spirit of God, that we not walk after the lust of the flesh. That just like Jesus, we can come out of that wilderness walking in the power of the Spirit in sonship. Because whoever is led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. So God, we cry out today for humility. God, it is a dangerous prayer to pray because we know that some areas of our life where we have been prideful are going to get called out and pointed out. And it may come by humiliation, but Lord, so be it. Because I would rather face humiliation and recognize the opportunity to be humbled, Lord, that I might gain your grace all the more, that I might walk in the fullness of your power, in the leading of your spirit, Lord, that I might have grace abundance, Lord, that I might grow in grace, that that I might be used by you more effectively, that I might walk in the power of the kingdom. God, I humble myself before you and I seek your face for your word, your will, your wisdom, and your way. I'm not trusting in my own understanding. I'm not leaning on my own ways, God, but I am humbling myself before you and recognizing that I need you, God. We repent of our sins, of walking in the statutes of our own imaginations, God. We recognize that the things that we think are right are not right in your eyes except that you tell us what is right. God, we recognize that the things that we feel will lead us astray so we don't lean on our feelings. We stand in faith on the word of God. God, we understand that the things that we want are not what is best for us, but your plan, your will, your way, your destiny is the greatest thing we could ever hope to walk in. Therefore, Lord, when we make you the desire of our hearts, you will give us the desire of our hearts because that you have given us a new heart and a new spirit and that you have become our greatest desire. You are all we need, God. We can't worry about the things of this world or this flesh. We must set our eyes on things eternal, God, because home is where the heart is, where our treasure is. There our heart will be also. So God, we make you our treasure that our heart might be with you in heavenly places and not here in earthly things, in physical things that feed 
the lust of the flesh. God, we choose to lay aside the distractions of this world, the entertainments of this world that are designed only to feed the flesh because we want our spirit strengthened and our flesh weakened that the battlefield of our soul might be won by the spirit, that we be led by your spirit and not by our flesh. God, we surrender all. We surrender all that you might save our soul from hell. God, that it might have a place with you forever in eternity, seated in high places because that we have overcome the enemy. We have overcome the lust of the flesh. We have overcome that old foe that seeks to manipulate our mind, our will, and our emotion to do his bidding, to do his will against yours. God, we surrender to you. And God, we choose to humble ourselves through prayer prayer, through fasting, through repentance, through forgiving others, through loving those who don't deserve it, by coming in obedience to your word and your will, even when we don't feel like it, even when it doesn't make sense to us, even when we don't want to. That's how we submit. That's how we humble our soul. God, give us revelation to understand the things that have been spoken today because it is only by your divine revelation that it's even going to make any sense to us. God, I humble myself before you and say, Lord, teach me. God, I humble what I think because of the things that I was taught. God, I pray that you humble the minds of the people who have been polluted by lies of the enemy, by doctrines of demons by things that have been spoken over them and that were never from you lord but by pride they hold on to it lord i pray that they humble themselves before you and seek your face that they would come to you and say holy spirit teach me god lead me help me to hear your voice i choose to humble myself to put my flesh into subjection i rebuke pride in the name of jesus god we've been coming against this principality of pride and the only way it's going to be defeated is by a people that are willing to walk in humility we cancel the powers of pride and of hell in the name of jesus we break every lie and curse of it we break the spell of it oh it is a bewitching because it works since devilish work in the soul to convince men and women to stand in opposition to the word and will of God that they would not submit and allow themselves to be led of his spirit into the greater things that he has in store for them of which they could not even imagine or comprehend but if they will just trust and by faith submit and walk in obedience with it you will release your grace to accomplish it in their life and in this land God we want to see your will manifested in this land we want to see your kingdom come lord when your will is done here on earth as it is in heaven so god we surrender our will to you that the power of your spirit and your kingdom might be made manifest through us unto others in the mighty name of jesus god it's only gonna come through a people who are willing to humble themselves before the mighty hand of god so that you can lift us up in ways that we could never lift ourselves there are enough people exalted themselves and when they exalt themselves how limited is the exaltation but when you exalt us God how mighty and magnificent is the exaltation God we humble ourselves before you that we may be exalted in due time but God even if I never was exalted then I still humble myself before you because you are worthy because you are good because you are right because you are righteous because you are God And because you humbled yourself for me, I bend the knee.
to you, my great and mighty King. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.